I know Pastor Nancy said last week, there's something, you know, there's a sweet presence of Jesus in this place, and it's for us, you know, it's something special for us here. Man, oh man. Let's keep having times of, of worship like that. Amen? <laughs> it doesn't get old. There's always something new in his presence, man. That was just so powerful. My heart is so impacted right now by his presence. Whew. So touched by him. All right. Well, welcome to week eight of this trimester. It's flying by. Welcome to all those on the live feed. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are so proud. Before I get into the word, I just want to let you students know that we are so proud of each and every one of you. It is an absolute honor to do ministry together. We're truly doing it together. You guys are able to... Um, do ministry with your pastors. It's not like them and you, you know, it's together as one. We're whooping the devil's butt. We're preaching the gospel all across Chicago. We're seeing crazy things happen, and that's because the devil is mad. I Before I started uh, the prayer time yesterday for first service, I, I gave you guys a shout out at Elevate. I'm like, Elevate does a, a chant that says the devil wants me dead, right, because I'm stomping on his head. Yes, that is what I feel. <laughs> it's like, we're going to keep on stomping on the devil's head, and he's getting mad, okay? He wants me dead, but that's okay. That's okay, because Jesus is more powerful. So let's keep on stomping on the devil's head together. Amen? Amen. We need to do that chant for the adults. Get everybody crunk. <laughs> Get them all excited for Jesus. So I want to talk to you today about temptation that comes from the devil. So the, the title of my message is Defeating the Devil. Um, so we have two examples in Scripture of the temptation of Jesus, right? One of them shows us not, um, so I'm sorry, temptation from the devil, not temptation from Jesus. Temptation from the devil. One of them shows us how not to do it, and one of us, one of them shows us how to overcome and how to defeat him. Does anybody know who the person is or the people are that show us how not to give in to the temptation of the devil? Thank you. <laughs> it's like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> Adam and Eve, don't do what they did. And who is our greatest example that shows us how to over overcome Yes, Jesus, our greatest example. So let's go to Genesis 3, 1 through 7. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, 
For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Here's an example. If a woman ever comes to you, <laughs> tries to give you the apple that, he, that God told you not to eat, don't eat it. Okay, men? Don't listen to no woman that comes to you and tries to get you down that road. Okay? Just got that. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you'll notice the first question that the enemy asks Eve. Did God really say and he's not looking for a yes or no answer. He's not looking for Eve to be like, even though she did, not saying, yeah, he did say that. What he's trying to do is plant doubt in her mind, is for her to ask herself that question. Did God say that? Let me see. Maybe I misunderstood what he said. Maybe I misconstrued it when he was talking to me. Right? That's what the devil's doing. He's a sneaky snake. The Bible says that he is the more crafty than any of the wild animals, right? He's crafty, he's sneaky, he's still got that stuff about him right now. He's a sneaky, sneaky snake. So he comes and asks her, did God really say that? He is, so he's trying to plant confusion in her mind, and we know that God is not a God of confusion. And before we're too hard on Eve saying, man, why wasn't she able to see through that? Why couldn't she just see, like, man, you're obviously not from God. You're, she's not able to discern that it is the devil speaking to her. But before we're too quick to blame her, we probably would have fell for the same trick. And the reason that I know that is because people today, maybe even this room, are still falling for that trick. When the devil comes to you and says, did God really say that, James? Did God really say that you're valuable? Did God really say, Cielo, that he's going to use you? Did he really just tell you that you're a prophet? Did he say that? And trust me, I know better than anyone, and you might be surprised by some of the lies that I hear from the enemy, but I know what it's like to have the enemy come and ask me those type of questions. Did God really say that you're called? Did God really say that you're supposed to be doing what you're doing right now? Did God really say that you're a pastor? You're not a real pastor. Come on, man. Quit playing. But the difference is between me and Eve and you guys and Eve is that you know that God did say it. And when that sneaky snake comes to you, you say right back to him looking at him, yes, God did say that. And do you know what else he says? He says that I'm a child of God. He says that I am born of God, that I'm the righteousness of Christ, that I am alive in Christ, that I'm an overcomer, that I've been redeemed, that I've been justified. He says that I'm a disciple of Christ. He said that I have been forgiven, that I am called, that I am chosen, that I am going to change this city and change this nation. And he said, and I'm going to whoop your butt doing it. Look at the devil and tell him something about himself. You hear? Come on. Not only do you tell him what God said about you, then you tell him about himself. What does the Bible say about him? You want, to t you want me to tell you what God really says? God says you're a defeated foe. God says that you're a liar that you're a murderer, that you've been lying and murdering from the beginning of time. 
that you will never be like God. You can never be God. You are not all-powerful. Come on. And that him and every demon in hell is going to burn in the lake of fire. That is his place. That is what God has said. So the next time that the enemy comes to you and tries to whisper in your ear and ask you, are you really called? Did God really say that? Did God really say he has a plan for your life? I mean, come on. Look at your past. Look what you've done. He would love to steal, kill, and destroy you. That's what he tried to do the last time, right? He tried to kill you. So the next time he comes talking in your ear, telling you, did God really say you're valuable? You look back at him and tell him everything else God said too. And tell him about himself. The only thing that is true in the devil, true about the devil, is that he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. There's nothing that he is telling you that ever, if ever has even an ounce of truth in it. Ever. He is always here to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is something that you can always be certain of. That is who he is. He is completely opposite than God. The Bible says that God is full of light. The devil is full of darkness. The God, God is truth. The devil is a liar. He is completely opposite than your king and the one that you are serving. And God is not a God of confusion. He will not throw you into confusion he will not ask you questions to confuse you. He's not out to get you. Amen? Amen. So Eve, wonderful Eve, showed us how to do it wrong. And I know I, I make jokes sometimes when people tell me, like, I'm sick or whatever. It's like, well, thank, thank you, Eve, and Adam and Eve. You know, thanks a lot. <laughs> but Adam and Eve showed us how to do it wrong. So the first Adam showed us how to do it wrong, but the second Adam showed us how to do it right. That is who we need to follow. Let's turn to Luke 4, 1 through 13. All right, we're going to read this. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Come on, first of all, let's just stop there. How many of y'all know he's in the wilderness, he's in a desert, he must be hot. He hasn't eaten, he's hungry, and he's probably tired. Have any of y'all, probably just one of those things, been irritated by being hot or hungry or tired? So... This is the perfect example that our Heavenly Father sent Jesus, right? Fully God, fully man, became like us, walked this earth like us, and dealt with the same irritable type of things as us, and he still was able to overcome. So next time you're hangry, or you're tired, or you're irritated because you're a little warm, remember that Jesus went through that, and he still overcame, okay? Okay. <laughs> It's a recipe for disaster for most of us. Man, I'm hot. Ugh, touch me. <laughs> Come on. The first, oh, let's keep reading. Jesus answered, what? The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. 
The devil led him to the high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. <laughs> Little did he know it was already his. It has been given to me and I could give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, I will, it will be all yours. Man, this guy's such a liar. Thank God that Jesus was able to see through that. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest points of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he had left him until an opportune time. He's a sneaky snake. But see, right there, we know that Jesus resisted him and he fleed. Is that how you say it? Fleed? Fled. Very good. So Jesus resisted. And that's the same promise that is for us. If we resist the devil, he will flee from us. And see, it says it will come, he'll come back at an opportune time. And there's another time in scripture where Jesus talks to Satan. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about when he's tempted again and he says, get behind me, Satan? That's right. Called Peter Satan, right? And that was during and probably another time that his flesh might have been a little weak. He was about to die. So we see that Satan doesn't come to us when we're strong. He doesn't come to us when we're just, I got this, I'm, I'm going for Jesus. He comes at opportune times when he sees that your flesh is weak. The first thing that I noticed about this scripture is that it says Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There was a time in my life where I went to a place that many of my friends were at. And I remember the first night I went, I had fun. There was no harm. I was even with my Christian friends. We were good. And we were leaving. And I remember, you know, other people are saying, you're coming back next week because it was like an ongoing thing. And of course, I'm like, yeah, this was fun. I'll come back. And as I was walking out the door, literally, I could see it in my mind. I remember it like it was yesterday. As I was walking out of the door, the Holy Spirit told me, don't you dare come back here. And I was like, why? All my friends are doing it. Nothing's wrong with them being here. Why can't I be here? And I ignored him. I ignored the voice of the Holy Spirit when he was trying to lead me. I said, I know what you're saying, but I'm just going to act like I can't hear. My ears are clogged right now. I should have listened, and I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. But I continued to go back, and I continued to do what the Lord told me not to do. Don't you step foot back in this place. He was warning me. And thank God, Jesus, being our greatest example, 
was being led by the Spirit. We have a true relationship with the Holy Ghost, and he will tell you where to go, where not to go, how to do it, what to say, all of those things. You have a relationship with Jesus. It is real. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit that is telling you to stop it. Don't go that way. It will save you trouble. And the safest place that you can be is leading, being led by the Holy Spirit. So you following the leading of the Holy Spirit is the safest place that you can be even when the devil shows up. Even if he shows up, you are safe because you are being led by the Holy Spirit. If you are not listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you are making yourself a wide open target. Come and mess with me, devil. I am no longer listening to my father. I am no longer listening to the Holy Spirit. Come and get me, devil. I'm all yours. That is what you're saying when you decide not to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I told you before, he is a liar. He will only come to steal, kill, and destroy you. You leave yourself as an open target. He will come right on in. Don't play with him. Do not play with the devil. He will steal your calling. He will destroy your family, and he will want to take you to hell with him to kill you. Do not let him get a foothold in your life. When the Holy Spirit speaks, answer immediately. You obey immediately. I mean, the minute I was walking out that door, when the Holy Spirit says, don't you step foot back in this place, you know what I should have said? Amen. I ain't coming back to this place. Never. I ain't even looking in that direction. I mean, I will run as far as I can from that because God knows more than I do. God knows the beginning from the end. And even though God can work things that we do bad, good for our lives, and he's done it in my life over and over again. Listen, you don't have to do it wrong to learn to do it right. You don't. I don't care if you look at my testimony and say, oh, she messed up, and look at her. She's doing great. She has the anointing of God. Look at her. She could preach. She's leading SUM. I don't care what you are looking at on the outside. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to do it wrong to do it right. And you don't even know if you're going to be able to make it like I did. What if you go too far? What if that's your last day? What if that's your last chance? Don't you dare look at my testimony and say, I could just mess up a little bit and still be on stage. No, no, no. I fear God for you if that's what you see in my life. Please do not run from sin Run from anything that looks like sin. And run when the Holy Spirit tells you to. Amen? Amen. Sometimes things will be okay for other people that are not okay for you. And you have to be okay with that. Okay? Sometimes the people sitting next to you are going to be able to do things that your conscience is telling you or the Holy Spirit is telling you, don't watch that. Please don't watch that. Don't pick up the phone right now. I mean, I don't care what it is. I'm just telling you, listen, the Holy Spirit will guide you in everything, in everything. The safest place 
you can be even when that sneaky snake shows up. You are safe because you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Can I hear you say amen? I can imagine Satan coming to Jesus and just thinking to himself, because you know he's not all-powerful, he's not all-knowing. He knew who Jesus was, and he knows the word of God. So I know he knows the prophecies, and here it is, the Messiah's here. He sees him, but he's not all-knowing. And I could only imagine, like, the, the devil thinking to himself, man, if I could get this guy, <laughs> if I could just get him to believe my lie. I mean, he's hungry, he's tired, he's weak, he's hot. I know the human race. I know humanity. Those are not good things. If I could just get to him and show him what I have for him, if I could just get to him and show him, you know, um, something that would feel good right now, like bread. Bread would feel good for the body, right, when you're hungry. If I could just get him to believe me even a little bit, if I can just sow doubt into his mind like I did with Adam and Eve, if I could just get him to question, wait a minute, did God say that? Am I supposed to be here? If he could, if he could just begin to question that in his humanity side, maybe I could destroy them all. I win, right? I can win. Satan thought he was slick, but I love God. I love Jesus. See, God was using Satan in that moment to tempt Jesus to show us in this room today how to overcome the devil in every single way. So what the devil thought he was doing to destroy, God was actually using it so we could find freedom, so that we will know how to fight him. Come on. What he means for evil, God will always turn around for our good. He is a liar. If you could show Pastor Joe's slide that, that he made. Understanding the three kinds of temptations. I'm going to turn in my Bible to 1 John. You don't have to on the screen, please. 1 John 2.16 says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the, the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. This chart is so handy for you to understand and put into perspective of how you're going to be tempted in this world. There's the three ways, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Adam and Eve, you see it right there. In the verse 6, it was lust of the flesh. The fruit from the tree was good for food. It would be good to the flesh. Man, that, that would taste yummy. Verse 6-2, it was pleasing to the eye. What they saw looked good, man. Sometimes what you see looks good is really not all that good. Come on, don't be deceived. Don't be so quickly deceived by your flesh and by your eyes. Everything is not as it appears to be, okay? Listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I plead with you this morning as a person that didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, and it cost me a lot. 
Listen immediately, every time. Understand that delayed obedience is still disobedience. You got to obey immediately. Immediately. Turn off your phone. I'm turning it off. Don't go on your computer right now, okay? Boop. You hear me, men? You listen to Jesus when he's telling you those type of things. Turn off your phone. Stop looking at your computer. Don't wake up early in the morning and try to start browsing through Facebook and start looking up certain names that you know you're going to find pictures and stuff like that. Do you hear me? Fear God and listen to the Holy Spirit. He will destroy you. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. And I know it's not just men, women too. (laughs) I always used to get like... Not frustrated, but I would hear preachers say that, like, men and pornography and all this. And I knew, obviously, it's more of a man's struggle as in they're visual people, and it's everywhere, and women are just scandalous right now of the world, not these women. Scandalous in the world, right? But there's women who deal with lust, too. There's women who have pornography addictions, too. So it's for all of us. Listen obey, and flee. Amen? So Adam and Eve, the lust of the flesh, it was good for food for them. They saw it was pleasing to their eye. Man, that looks good. That looks good. I always say when the devil comes to you, he just shows you kind of like the facade. Even if he reminds you of your past, like maybe he reminds you of a party. I know I said this in my first sermon, but it'll remind you of your past and it'll only show you like the highlights of the fun and the good and all of that stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I, I help myself. Wait, remember the other stuff. Remember like, you know, for some people, not me, but the, the trip to the clinic. Remember like the abortion. Remember this. Remember that. It's not all fun and games. It almost destroyed your life. And then the pride of life, verse 6, it's all in verse 6, desirable for gaining wisdom. If I just do that, maybe I'll be a little smarter. Maybe I'll get ahead. Maybe they'll notice me before they notice that guy next to me. Come on. Gaining wisdom. I'll be like God. Pride. Pride. It's about me. Kind of what we dealt with at the altar today, right? Come on. Did you guys feel that? Get rid of that pride, that selfish ambition. It's all about Jesus, the pride of life. That is how Adam and Eve screwed us up. (laughs) Through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life, they fell for all three categories. But what is so awesome is Jesus redeemed every single category by doing it right, by knowing the word of God. See, in verse 3, he tells them, tells them, have these stones turned to bread. And what did Jesus do? He came back with the word of God. It is written. He showed them all the kingdoms of the world, which was probably beautiful. I mean, if you go outside of Chicago, (laughs) Chicago's beautiful too. But if you actually travel to another place, you're like, dang, this is pretty. (laughs) Even in America alone, there's so many beautiful places. Can you imagine seeing all of the kingdoms? Can you imagine seeing all of it? It's like, whoa, baby. He showed them it. He said, I'm going to give it to you. If you bow before me, Jesus said, it was written or it was said. And throw yourself down. And this one, the devil uses scripture. Don't be deceived, man. The devil knows your word. Don't let him know it more than you do. 
Don't let him whoop you on scripture. That's how you're going to fight him. Well, there's too many people that are letting the devil tell them what the word of God says and not being able to respond back because you don't know what it says. Jesus is our perfect example. He didn't waste no time. He wasn't like, let me think about it. Let me talk to my father for a little bit. Man, he was quick. It is said. It is written. It is said. Don't bring that stuff here. Let that be said of your life, that you can whoop the devil with this sword right here. It is the sword of the spirit. So let's be encouraged this morning in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, there's no temptation that has seized you except what is common to man. 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, but God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, and when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out so you can endure it. Be encouraged this morning. When things look good, when things are going to feel good to your flesh, when you have the pride of life, when you hear, have the devil coming to you, did God really say, you're not alone. Understand that we all deal with it. We all got to whoop the devil from time to time. We all got to know our word and use the, the sword of the spirit to cut him down. We all need to be able to come back the way that Jesus did and overcome him. You're not alone. There's no temptation that has seized you, that has overtaken you, except what's common to mankind. Listen, he has no new tricks. That should be a song. Is there a song that's like no new tricks or it's like no new, no new friends? Is that what it is? <laughs> don't listen to much rap music anymore. <laughs> no new friends or something. But anyways, the devil, you can figure him out pretty easily. Yes, he's sneaky. Yes, he's crafty. Yes, all of that. But he has the same tricks, man. He's been doing it from the beginning, from Adam and Eve. Literally in the beginning of our Bible, it shows us how he does it. And then he does it again and again and again, and he's just... Now, just the defeated foe. Come on, it shows us. Don't be deceived. Number uh, Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's what I was talking about. You got to have the sword of the spirit. If you do not have the sword in your heart, ready to combat the devil, you will lose. You need to put your, the armor on every day. And I remember, this is something that Nancy taught me when I was really um, a lot younger. Literally used to put it on in the morning. That is what she taught me. You take your helmet, you put it on, put your breastplate of righteousness, you take your shield of faith, you put your boots on, you put your, your belt on, and you take your sword of the spirit and you say, devil, I'm ready for every scheme, every lie, and everything that you would come against me with, and it's not going to overtake me because I am covered in the armor of God. Amen? Amen. And what we saw earlier with Jesus in James 4, 7 it says, resist the devil and he will flee. And even if he comes back at an opportune time, resist him again. 
and he will flee. Every single time. You resist, he flees. You resist again, he flees. He can't get you. You are covered in the blood of Jesus, but you must stay in step with the Spirit. You must listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Amen? Amen. Can you stand to your feet? Lawrence is going to come. Praise God for his word. I love opening up with prayer, ending with prayer, doing prayer in the middle. It's amazing. TJ, if you can move this table for me, please. Come on, I want you guys to be honest with the Lord right now. Just close your eyes and start talking to him. I know that some of you are hearing those type of lies being said to you. We all deal with it. Honestly, if I told you every single lie that I have heard, you would probably be like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> because they're so out there. They're lies. That's what they do. Lies lie. <laughs> you hear me? There's no truth in them. That's right. That's all they do. They lie. Come on, I want you to lift your hands. If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and you've been ignoring his voice, consider this a warning for you. Consider this a warning from my own life. Come on, stay in step with him. Listen to him. He's always speaking to you. He's given you every tool to overcome. Overcome every single time. Resist every single time and he will flee from you. And we know that we're not only tempted by the devil, we're also tempted by our evil desires, our human nature, our flesh. But you can overcome every single time because God is faithful and he will always give you a way out. Jesus, I pray for ears to hear what you're saying. I pray for eyes to see in this room today. You're always speaking to us, God. You care about every detail of our lives. God, you'll speak to us about our jobs, about our finances about our families, about our living situation. I mean, every single thing. God is speaking. Listen to him. If he's telling you to stop doing a certain thing, stop doing it. If you're not supposed to watch a certain TV show, stop watching it. If you're not supposed to listen to a certain type of music, stop listening to it. If he's telling you to stop, stop. Come on, be warned. Be warned. You do not want to go the way that I had to go. It's not the best way. Trust me. Don't do it wrong to learn to do it right. Just do it right the first time. Oscar, have you turned off the live feed? All right, let's end the live feed real quick, please. Thank you.